Brendan from Hypostatic Studios, and today we're going to be listening to an interview that Rob and I did with Sven Hammer over at Citizen Z, and they're a German video game news company. So tune in and relax. Thank you very much. What's up, guys? This is Sven with Citizen Z in Germany. We are here today with uh, Brandon Watts and Rob Santiago of Hypostatic Studios in New York. Uh, yeah, and we'll be talking about with them about their upcoming game, 21, sorry, 81, 28, a perfect year, what they call a psychedelic sci-fi RPG experiment, what already sounds pretty awesome. I'm really excited <laughs> about what they have to tell me about this. So yeah, let's get right in. Um, tell me a bit uh, how all this started out, um, how it began, how you guys found each other. Um, yeah, feel free. So the uh, the project started about three years ago in a uh, art and animation class at the Rochester Institute of Technology under uh, the professor Eloine o Eloise Oizan, who eventually became our project manager. But uh, yeah, it just started out as an idea of um, uh, exploring ideas that were in my mind at the time revolving around like uh, mental illness and ethics and kind of the idea of uh, melding minds and like where that would lead as humanity. Mm -hmm. So um, that was kind of like the basis of the idea. And then um, as the project progressed, we just kept building off of it, building off of it and adding in numerology and just trying to like uh, have a holistic design philosophy where we just like everything that was going on in our lives, we just kept adding it into the project. Okay. And then it kind of, yeah, then it kind of just became this giant surreal experience that we just kept like adding to and adding to and adding to. And now we have 8128, a perfect year. So, uh, yeah, we were really lucky to, um, win the, the co-op challenge or the, uh, it was like a startup program at mm -hmm. the RIT Rochester Institute of Technology. And they gave us 10 grand to work for an entire summer. Uh, so we worked for two summers at RIT and just made all this content. So we'll be showing off the trailer today. Right, and the, the 2017 co-op competition is when I came onto the project as well. All right. Yep. So, yeah. so you guys didn't know each other before this project, but you found each other via this project, basically. So we actually, we found each other because we lived right next to each other. <laughs> and he just, <laughs> he just offered, me, he offered me a job, basically. And he was like, yeah, you've, I like your art style. I think you'd be a great fit for this. So okay. here I am, art director. Yeah, nothing better yep. to get into the company than personal <laughs> references, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, give me a second. Yeah, um, how did you come up with the name itself? You said it, all your experiences and what uh, were yeah, stuff in your life at this point influenced the game. But what about the name? Where does it come from? So uh, 8128 was the last perfect number discovered by the ancient Greeks. And I was thinking about a lot about um, like the melding of minds leading to a perfect humanity, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, what's a perfect number? So I started looking into the history of perfect numbers and found out that 8128 was the last uh, perfect number discovered by the ancient Greeks. So then um, that became like the numerological basis for the storyline. And so that's why in the game you see a lot of the Greek statues, like the psychic cyborgs that everyone's walking around in are Greek statues because the futuristic society is supposed to be like a, a retro future utopia okay. where they're reaching back into the past to perfect the future. So right. you are on a, a spaceship called the Persopon, which uh, in Greek um, terms is a mask used to like realize the self, which is hypostasis, is the essence. 
of yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's like the inside and the outside. So we're Hypostatic Studios because we're pouring our essence into the game. And uh, Hypostatic also has to do with, um, it's a theological term having to do with the uh, combination of the divine and the mortal inside of mankind. So it's kind of like that uh, realizing our mortality and things like that and pouring everything we can into the game to create something digitally divine. So, uh, so yeah, everyone's on this spaceship called the Persopon. They're melding everyone together, trying to find... Uh, so a perfect number is when a number, all the individual positive factors add up to create the perfect number itself. Okay. So they're looking, they're looking for all the individual positive factors that will add up to create perfection. And to do that, they're melting everyone's brains into water memory, which is a pseudoscience. And it's interesting because the Greeks believed that the uh, brain worked almost like a water leverage system. Mm -hmm. So in the future, they realized that idea by melting everyone's brains down into uh, water memory using DNA dissolution. Because mm -hmm. scientists in our present time are presently able to store five petabytes of data inside of a gram of DNA inside of a drop of water. So you can have massive amounts of uh, DNA data in this water, and they use that to meld everyone's minds down into this water, which is like super fluid helium, and they're like melding each other using quantum solvents and things like that. So it gets pretty crazy, and uh, we're going to look to explain all that step by step in the game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a it's like a surreal combination of pseudosciences and real sciences, and like a futuristic meld of all humanity in the future. And whatever the player makes of it, right? <laughs> So was that? Um, and whatever the player will make of it, I said. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it really is we an experience. It's not like a straightforward. Uh, you start out here and end up here game, but really, uh, the yeah, the journey is the goal, basically. Definitely, yeah. We call it a super fluid storyline because uh, you're in super fluids, mm -hmm. quantum super fluids, and also the stories. Uh, all the players decide how the story kind of uh, pans out. In the whole scheme of things, so okay. we're putting all the we're putting all the input into a uh, system called the Astral Arc, which stores everyone's decisions and decides where the storyline goes. So help us, people, help us decide. <laughs> That's an interesting point. Um, I actually want to talk a bit more about that later. Um, but if it's all right, yeah, we can yeah get back to that later. Um, how many people are currently working on the development of this game? For the development, it's it's mostly just Rob and I at the moment. We're uh, we're a lot of what we're doing is marketing and promotion and trying to get our workable, uh, playable demo out. Um, mm. So so total, we've had over twenty people work on the game, but currently it's just Rob and I. All right. Yeah, we've had a kind of a, a circulating uh, like a, a revolving door of teammates where whoever can work on it at a given time mm -hmm. is uh, like in the project. So the first summer we had 10 students and two professors. Then the second summer we had another uh, 10 students and the Magic Center co-op people. And then uh, besides that, we've had like whoever can help at the time, things like that. So right now, seeing as it's... Uh, we're backing off the development aspect and just doing the marketing aspect. Mm -hmm. It's me and Brendan running the marketing and the art development and things like that. And then we have, uh, we've been working with also like uh, John Keith, our 3D logo designer and uh, a marketing manager. So we're the, the uh, kind of like the forerunners of the project, but we are working with whoever can help at any given time. <laughs> right. Perfect. So you guys can 
basically lead the project and get help whatever you want or mm -hmm. whatever you need basically yeah um are you guys uh, big gamers yourself or have you been in the past yeah i would say so <laughs> yeah i've always been pretty obsessed with games so <laughs> okay what what you currently playing uh i haven't I actually haven't, uh, I know that's a card they'll sit in game development, but I haven't been playing any games recently because I've been so obsessed with this game, so. Of course. Of course. But uh, I'm sure that's... Brendan can. Thank yeah, you. for me, I've been playing a lot of games recently. I've been playing uh, Astroneer, which is a lot of fun. Um, that's sort of like a space engineering kind of game. I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront 2, the 2005 version, because that's just the best co-op game ever. Um <laughs> Definitely better than the current one, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Psychonauts, uh, the drag, the new Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of stuff. Okay, best game of all time. Go. Ooh, jeez. <laughs> pick any from the top of your head. Um, difficult. Question, uh, I know. I know. Well, I'm sure Brendan can narrow it down to what my two favorites would be if I had to pick. Yes. Either Silent Hill or Metal, Metal Gear Solid, right? One of the yeah. two. Yeah, those are two of like my classics. Like I have like a whole other branching things, but uh, those are the ones I like refer back to a lot. I also really like Braid, Psychonauts, um, the the science game Fold It, where the uh, science the scientists like teamed up with game developers and made like DNA folding puzzles, oh. so that the players were actually like solving protein folding puzzles that were printed out in a real lab. Like, that's a big inspiration for me going forward oh, okay. uh, for, like, the gamification of game design. So, yeah, that's a big influence. But I think I'd have to say mine is probably Borderlands 2. All right. Classic. Um, you were already talking about what game influenced yours or uh, will influence the development there. Um, is there anything remotely close already out there that you could compare to your game? Or do you say, no, that's... Something that I, never I think, happened before. <laughs> I think that there are some games that we... Uh, there's a lot of games that we pull aspects from. So I think you could compare us to many games, but you couldn't compare us to just one. Mm. Um, I think we have aspects of, of... Like we say a lot of different games, like Psychonauts, uh, Dark Souls, um, Destiny, uh, Persona. What else? Um, I'd say uh, the 999 series in the way they kind of weave pseudosciences into their story. Mm -hmm. um, and also, yeah, Persona in our social aspects and the way that um, your decisions form, like kind of your internal stats. Um, you say Destiny as the, like, yeah. the online aspect. Okay. Yep. Maybe a little Silent Hill in like the uh, hiding of uh, and occult messages inside of like the imagery and like a lot of like subtle uh, symbolic messages going on, and then uh, I guess Metal Gear Solid in terms in terms of its complete convoluted storyline. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, more and more videos than uh, actually uh, actual gameplay, but. Uh, Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely great story. If I had to pick the best game for me of all time, it would be Metal Gear Solid One, definitely. Ooh, That's awesome! Yeah. Love awesome. it. <laughs> um, yeah, we we won't be nearly as cutscene heavy. Like we're we're not we're planning to have very few. <laughs> like even uh, we're not even at this point focusing on voice acting. We're just having because that way we can have more uh, fluid like text dispersion. Uh -huh. So yeah, I guess in that aspects we're the opposite of Metal Gear Solid's approach, where it's like. 
Quentin Tarantino rambling for 20 minutes at a time and then go shoot some stuff real quick. <laughs> but amazing game. <laughs> or not shoot anything like Riku, like playing no at the complete stealth mode all the way through before. Yeah, yep, exactly. Not making any kills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what um, type of interactions can the can the player do inside the game? We're talking about the setting, how it led there, but what can you actually do? Can you fight? Can you run? Can you interact with other players? Yeah, we're looking to have like a uh, have the gameplay be as fluid as the storyline. So um, you can pretty much play it however you want. Like the basis is a kind of um, a Dark Souls hack and slash combat system mm -hmm. that um, kind of you can shoot things. It's like almost if you had Dark Souls gameplay, but you have a third eye that you can use to interact with the entire world around you. And since the water memory world is like made up of your um, like your own psychic fluid, you kind of have control over a little bit. You can, can change the look of it. And also, um, like, you shoot psychic projectiles that say if there's a, um, an item out in the area, you shoot an, uh, an orb from your third eye into it, absorb it, and then rewind time to suck it back into your head. So there's kind of, like, time rewinding aspects. Okay. Um, if you get enough of the blue thought bubbles into another enemy's third eye, time freezes, and, like, you go inside their mind. And then, like, uh, you can either destroy it from the inside or you can talk to them from the inside And if you talk to them enough, you meld minds with them, and they become part of you, and you inherit their stats. Okay. So that, at that in that way, you can play you can play like a complete turn-based RPG type experience, like Persona, and just like go out and just initiate uh, turn-based RPG battles, or you can just kill your way through everything. So we want the player to be able to play however they want completely. <laughs> and the, there's also the the multiplayer interactions. <clears throat> so there'd be the the bus to bus fight arena, which which would be. Um, at this point, I think it would just be sort of like a casual multiplayer fighting arena where you'd go in and fight other players. And then we have um, the the vehicles, the marble mech vehicles. So we're trying to work that into multiplayer as well. Uh, we're basically just like fighting or dueling uh, large vehicles. All right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah have I saw a... in the trailers so we have vehicles. Yeah, it looked really nice. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the Fight Club is basically, like, fight night, but with uh, with Greek statues, and you, like, beat each other up, and if you can crack the shell of your statue, all your water memory leaks out, and you get poured through the sewer grates of, of the Persopon, and then you get, like, recycled into a new statue, so everybody on the ship is immortal, um, and, like, basically, they, like, their water memory hops in between statues, which is also how you fast travel around the ship, Okay, like, uh, You like you have your uh, your prosopanic hole, which ties into like the uh, the Greek idea of theater, where the like the mouth was the mouth of the mask was like an amplification device for the soul. So um, like basically, you can like uh, expel your water memory into the uh, the uh, like the sewage system of the prosopon, and you can fast travel anywhere in the ship. So nobody can actually die on the ship. You just get uh, like after respawn, pretty much. Uh, but when you what you can do is you can gamble your stats with another player. So if you go to uh, like a cognitive dissonance chamber and you uh, you both go into the chamber, which is the only time you can change, mm -hmm. you're basically gambling stats and you become one entity. So, so we're this, looking at is this also like uh, the skill system then, or does it influence your skill system because you're uh, actually losing your skill points? Or yes, it does. <clears throat> so. It it could positively or negatively or both mm -hmm. affect your your skills. 
Uh, in which way can I level my skills? Like uh, more health, faster travel, or mm. there's a, a a thing on the Kickstarter page which shows like your your soul solvent stats. So everybody has like a a stat pool mm -hmm. which ties into like the classic uh, stats, but also is more like a, a persona. Like it goes towards certain strengths. Mm -hmm. So if you're like an individualist and you're like a power player and you're going and killing your way through everything, then you're going to get stronger attacks and things like that. But if you're reasoning your way through everything, you're going to become uh, better at melding minds with other entities. Okay. And also, um, there's we want to have uh, philosophical fraternities on the ship, so you can, <clears throat> like, you'll have uh, more power in debates and things like that, and be able to rise the ranks of the fraternities and things like that. So it's all like... Uh, like kind of a pick and choose type thing the way you play is going to decide how your water memory spreads out inside of them like the stat pool inside your mind basically how your psyche develops uh during your life right yeah exactly yeah we want to have it like um how the brain develops neural pathways by repetition it's the same thing where like it's being carved out of the inside of your statue mm -hmm. and that makes it more likely your water memory to run down that path so yeah definitely based on psychology, like you said. <laughs> okay. Um, let's get to the point from earlier where you said that the yeah, actually the actions that the player choose or do, uh, however they progress, will influence um, upcoming episodes of the game, right? So mm -hmm. um, how are players... Um, integrated in this system who's uh, who want to start at a later point who maybe buy the game or not buy but uh, yeah get the game like a year after its release how they are are they integrated will there be separate servers that start each month or well uh, we were talking about with that where we're releasing in four celestial seasons like the four seasons of the perfect year mm -hmm. so we released two episodes at a time And at the uh, release point right now, the two episodes are going to be paid. And then the people who pay in and get into those episodes first are going to have greater impact on the uh, the next season. But when the next season does release, we make the previous season free. People can still play the previous season. And then their uh, actions still affect the general tone of the game. Okay. Because when you, uh, like, say, if you're inside of the Psycho Psyche and you're melding minds with a lot of the entities... Or uh, if you're, for a better one, would probably be Tech Heaven. Uh, you meld minds with, like, uh, religious deities. And if you meld minds with those deities, they become more powerful inside the minds of the entire Persopon. So in that way, you're still affecting the game uh, if you go back and play the old episodes because you're still making those deities more powerful in the long run yep. and therefore uh, making, like, the outcome of the entire storyline uh, go certain ways. So, like, say... If you're an individualist, you might want to crystallize the water memory to become like an immortal entity forever. Or if you're a collectivist, you might want to uh, like project the water memory outwards from the ship and kind of circle around the universe and like collect as much intelligence as possible, like things like that. Yeah, so we, we basically want to take like an, like an aggregate or like an average of what everybody's doing and use that to change the entire game for everybody. So it's not necessarily going to be in, like an individual change, like game to game. Yeah. We wanted to com we wanted to completely change the entire game for everyone. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I got that wrong. I had the idea that only like the next episode will be influenced by this, but uh, you you're telling me the whole game is always at every point influenced by what the players are doing, right? right? 
Especially the multiplayer. We want the multiplayer to be almost like a social experiment, and we want that to be ever-changing depending on how people are using it. Mm -hmm. So there will be like a single-player or a sandbox version? or. So basically, there's the Persopon is the multiplayer hub. So the reason, the reason that we compared it to Destiny was because there, there's like that multiplayer hub, and then you go off and do your single-player or your matchmaking or whatever, but it all comes back to that multiplayer hub. Okay. So once you, once you buy these single-player episodes, it'll be... You know, you you start off on the hub still, but you go off onto your multiplayer or single player episodes. All right. Um, what I find interesting is that you're basically choosing uh, the medium game here to um, give people your experience, which makes absolutely se uh, sense because you can influence it. It's not like you can animate a movie and have someone influence it. Um, so. What I'm hearing is you're not only trying to reach players, but you're really trying to reach people. Um, how are you mm, planning yeah. to maybe get people in the game who never actually played anything before? Or, um, yeah. Yeah, well, it's all about making it accessible, isn't it? Like, um, so I'm, I mean, I feel like a lot of games are very difficult to get into, uh, especially regarding the themes and things. Mm -hmm. So, so that is that will be an, um, something that we have to talk about. Do you have and any I ideas? Uh, I think like the um, how modular the experience is, where you kind of just go in and like you pick the aspect you want to interact with, and if that element interests you, then you can focus on that element. Like uh, when you just make your statue, and then you're on the ship, you can fast travel to any part of the ship. Uh -huh. So like if you're just completely interested, if you're just a reader and you don't care about games at all, like just go to the holographic history halls and read about science type thing. Or if uh, you want to read it like a novel, you don't have to kill anything. You could just go in and read your way through the entire experience. Okay. So we're trying to make that clear and uh, try and interact with a lot of people who maybe are not like, um, like we talked with our psychology department on campus and we worked with them, uh, like some of the professors there, and they gave us really good feedback. And uh, I think that would like help people get people who like are from that field, the psychological field, are more interested And then interact with transhumanist activists and talk with them and try and get like people who are interested in just transhumanism as a subject involved mm -hmm. and just trying to outreach to all these people from the various subjects and be like, hey, if you're interested in this, like we're trying to represent you guys through okay. this experience. So hopefully that'll bring in a, a wider network and just make it more of a holistic experience. Okay. And I can tell you from personal experience, this can actually work to get people influenced like this because I have a colleague who uh, plays Assassin's Creed only to read the stories at the historic landmarks. <laughs> He doesn't do a single <laughs> achievement. He just runs around and reads everything. All right. <laughs> it, can, it can really work. It can work. Um, which platforms are we talking about? PC only? Or is there a console port plan directly on release or later? Or Definitely PC. But uh, I think we're planning on porting later. Okay. Mm. Also with, uh, if possible, kind of a crossplay. I know that uh, not in the hand of game developers, uh, developers at every point, but if it would be possible, it would be great, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely a goal to spread it out to as many platforms as we can. Like, we're not... Um, I feel like we're not picky. We're not like, PS4 is the best system or anything right. like that. Right. We just, And we just want to get as well. many, Yeah, we just want to get as many people playing as possible and uh right now the only reason we're focusing on pc is because it makes the modularity aspect a lot easier mm -hmm. like at this point but as we do accrue funds we definitely want to localize it for different uh languages and things like that so definitely long-term goals 
All right. You just threw uh, VR in the mix. Is this uh, something right. that uh, is in planning already or in development maybe? or? It's mostly just plans of VR. We, I mean, we, uh, we just think that our project would do so well in the VR setting. Absolutely. So that's, that's definitely something we want to add later on. Okay. Yeah, and we've already started uh, uh, developing for that a little bit in that um, you could see in the extended trailer, the 13-minute trailer, that you can use your click wheel mouse to go inside and outside from third person to first person. Mm -hmm. So we want to, um, like, if you use VR, just completely operate within the first person system, which is already set up. And uh, we work with the Magic Center at RIT, who is completely all about VR. And they have, like, all this high-tech VR, like, tech equipment and everything. So they have all the supplies for us to start interacting at that level. It's just a matter of uh, getting the time and... Uh, the workforce behind it to like really focus on that aspect but we're definitely laying the groundwork for that that sounds really good um so besides from vr what stage of development are you currently in like uh, uh, a percentage of the game is finished or i don't know i'd say we're about um maybe halfway to 75 percent way through on the first celestial season mm -hmm. because we have the entire rpg framework set up we have the hack and slash system set up we have like a lot of the worlds set up so you can see like the persopon has the basis all of uh, like psycho psyche has like there's four main areas of psycho psyche and we have like the groundwork laid mm -hmm. for a lot of that and uh, so we have, like, the groundwork laid for a lot of these things. And now it's, like, we keep saying that we need the money for the glue to pit all these puzzle pieces together. Mm -hmm. Because we have so many pieces to the puzzle. And they're kind of just, like, floating there. And we need to connect them in a way that's as fluid as we want the experience to be. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah, as I said before, you put all your ideas that came up in there. And now you're making the best experience of it you can, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so... Um... Let's get to your Kickstarter campaign. Um, it's running for, I think, at this point, 16 or 18 more days. I right. Think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something like that. And um, if, if that doesn't go completely through the way you thought, uh, you said before you had funding from, from RIT, it was, correct? Um, yes. What, where else will, will the money come from if Kickstarter doesn't work out, maybe? Uh, well, as for crowdfunding, we kind of um, are planning. We've never run a Kickstarter before. Mm -hmm. So, right. like, uh, yeah, we were a little, we kind of overshot the, the goal amount and also um, kind of didn't run the, uh, the PR aspect at, like, the right times okay. and things like that. So there was, like, a lot of learning experience. So we're looking to uh, use this experience to, like, get as much, um, like, make as much progress as we can and build up a community around the project to get the word out there mm -hmm. so that when we do relaunch our next attempt, it's uh, much more, like, much better organized. But also we're looking to pitch our ideas to um, developers and publishers and things like that to try and help us and see... In the meantime. We, yeah, connect with. So, um, yeah, regarding the Kickstarter campaign, um, if the um, players... Um, are already interested at this point to fund your project. Um, what can they expect in return? What are your rewards at, on Kickstarter? Is it, um, is, right. you, you said before it's um, like um, early access to the game and having more influence on the whole setting. Is there, yeah, right. So, so the bottom, the bottom tiers, uh, I'll get 
access alpha access to the game um so we would hope that the 20,000 or 21,000 would be enough to like complete the game or at least complete an alpha version okay um so the the bottom tiers would get that and then we we also wanted to do merch like t-shirts and sweatshirts and oh, nice. okay. and we wanted to do things where people could actually have like a whole room devoted to them depending on how much they like if i can't remember what tier it was but um, it was a pretty high tier that you would get a whole room devoted to you in the holographic history hall. Okay. Um, we were also giving away um, oh, signed uh, concept art. Um, we have uh, a book of kind of like colloquialisms from the project called "Now You're Speaking My Language" that we would, that we would also give out. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, and then things like. Uh like a 3D printed statue from the 3D printing labs at RIT, which we've utilized before. Um, oh, I don't have my little... On one of our uh, live streams, we showed off a little like 3D... It was supposed to be like a DNA typewriter mm -hmm. that we had printed out before. But yeah, little things like that, like uh, knickknacks, and then um, like design an enemy in the game, design a homeopathic remedy in the game, things like that. Okay. So just little levels of interaction. Are there additional milestones or, no, let's say, optional milestones that you guys um, don't 100% need in the game but would like like to add if, if the money is there? Yeah, the stretch goals. What You took care of that one, Rob. Yeah, uh, so the stretch goals would be, uh, like, VR would be one big thing. We want uh, to eventually have it where you could, um, like, Tony Hawk, one of the Tony Hawk games had a thing where you could, like, take a picture of yourself mm -hmm. and it would kind of pit you in the game type thing and we want to have that so people can like set the basis for their strata statue to be their own face so it looks like them inside the persopon we think that'd be really cool especially to see like you know just everybody chilling with their friends looking like themselves and then they could like beat each other up as statues and do whatever they want like it'd be pretty okay. crazy so uh, that and also we want to uh we really want to network with a prominent vaporwave musician who we had uh talked with their music manager And it's a, man, it's a matter of covering the copyright licensing fees for the songs that we want to use from one of their classic albums. Mm -hmm. So that'd be really cool just to be able to say, like, because uh, the Vaporwave aesthetic is so prominent on the Persopon that to be able to have one of the pioneers of the Vaporwave uh, sound and aesthetic to have some of their tracks in the game would be awesome. So that's definitely a goal. All right. Um, regarding the free-to-play aspect, you said before that, yeah, we, we already talked about it, that players can influence the game a bit more. Um, so it's really, there's no pay-to-win um, element. It's only basically pay-to-influence if you want to, or pay-to-have a bit more influence, right? Right. <clears throat> okay. That's yeah, just so you're the, you're the first in the door to, uh, so your decisions hold a little more weight. But yeah, and then like aesthetic changes, things yeah. like that. I don't think I ever heard of this version before. Um, basically, it's <laughs> mostly just pay for alpha access, pay or pay to win if there's free to play games. But I think that's, yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty great method to, to do it there. Uh, yeah, congratulations on that idea, definitely. Thank oh, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, if the game is at some point, I, I know a game like this will probably never be finished because there's always an idea you want to pour in there at some later point. Yeah. But are there already <laughs> ideas floating in your head for your next project, for something you say, hey, that's a great idea, but doesn't really fit this setting and let's do that afterwards or something? 
I think we definitely we want to make hypostatic studios an all around like media production company. Mm-hmm. We've had I- we've had ideas for movies and things like that. So I think mm-hmm. um, I think our once we get our flagship project off the ground, then we can really branch out into what we want. So it doesn't yeah. have to be a game afterwards. It could be also a, a movie or an animated series or whatever. Yeah, I think we want we want hypostatic studios to continue making games, but other things as well. Yeah, like we've networked with uh, some people who are talented in other fields, like other uh, artistic and even practical fields that we want to support through the uh, like the hub of Hypostatic Studios and kind of make the studio itself as a freeform entity as the game itself. But in terms of uh, another game that I was thinking of, just for uh, reference would be, like I had this idea for another class called The Astral Project, where it was about... Um, like this schizophrenic that believes he can manipulate like the quantum of our, our reality to kind of like open up portals into world of forms and just manipulate reality. Okay. And I thought it'd be really interesting to feed data from like say Google Maps or things like that. Okay. And uh, to be able to basically tear apart the world in real time would be pretty crazy. But that's yeah, like like Google Street View. That'd be really cool. <laughs> so <laughs> and you uh, can just tear it apart. Do- Doctor Doctor Strange <laughs> in our world, a bit of. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, when we were um, communicating via email the last days, you guys said there will be a press release, I think, today. Is that out? Can you guys tell anything about that press release uh, that we haven't talked about yet in the interview? Uh, we could send you definitely a copy. We're trying to like get it really down to it. It'd actually be great if you could give us some feedback as a journalist what you think of it as a press release. because. Okay. Like, uh, we've written one up and we have it already, but I guess we're a little iffy, like, on the uh, specificity of how perfect it is before we send it out to, like, 100 people. So, yeah, if you could give us feedback on that, that'd be great. And we could send you that right after the interview. Sure. Um, about the content, so the, the listeners can also have something of it. Is there anything from the content of the PR release you can tell us about that we didn't already talk about now? It's, uh, it's a lot of screenshots and basically just basic breakdown of the features and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, a lot of the stuff you can find on the Kickstarter page at www.aperfectyear.com. Okay. So definitely check that out, people. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if we want to do a breakdown of the trailer at any point, we could kind of go over it and then reference back to everything we talked about during the interview. Okay. All right. I think so far that has been my questions. Uh, anything else you want to tell us, you want to share with us about the game, about yourself, about the experience? Hmm. <laughs> We're very excited to bring it to, to, fruition, to fruition and to bring it to the world, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure you guys are. It sounds really amazing. It sounds completely different than anything we ever had before. And yeah, your overall ideas on how to finance it, how to build it. I, yeah, I really like that. So, people, yeah, go, go online, visit their Kickstarter page, visit their Facebook page, it's also there, I saw, and support these guys, oh. because I think this will be a great pro- project. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. We're mainly on Instagram, too, uh, at Hypostatic Studios. Yeah, like definitely. Twitter. That's kind of where we rant the most on Instagram, so if you want to, uh, like, see the, the most updates and, like, the most, like, backstory as possible, i definitely say follow our Instagram at Hypostatic Studios. All right. Okay, then thanks 
guys for having us for having thank me. you very much then hey thank you yeah no problem <laughs> is there any chance for us to get an alpha access maybe so we can um, also do an article maybe at some point when there is something to play yeah without a yeah. doubt oh uh, yeah we're gonna try and uh, release uh, uh, like a simplified aspect of like the core gameplay because uh, we have the full RPG system all fleshed out the full hack and slash system fleshed out and uh, to make it like to get a fluid alpha access version out as soon as possible, we're going to try and hopefully see what we can do about that. So we're going to shoot that to you as soon as it's finished. You got any idea um, at what point this will be, like a month or a year or something in between or later? Or Well, I th we're hoping to launch our next Kickstarter in about six months okay. or about six months after our, our you know pr current one will stop. So in that time, we'll be doing as much uh, PR and promotion as we can. And in that, we need a playable demo to give out to people. So with definitely within the next six, uh, six months. Okay. <clears throat> Sounds great. I'm really excited to have a look inside this game. The trailer already looks awesome. The experience. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, us too. Thank you very much, Sven. All right. Yeah. It's been awesome talking to you. Uh -huh. Yeah, you t you guys too, and let's yeah keep in touch. Uh, if you send me the press release, I will definitely look it over, and yeah, I will get back to you on that also. Awesome, awesome. Okay, hey, thank you. You guys are we'll the talk best. To you later. Not a problem. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Bye -bye. Hey, thank you too. Bye bye. Bye.